we've got this week and next week on home remedies and then Palm Sunday and then, of course, Easter. So we're going to wrap this up. I want to open up with the same verses that we've used uh, the last six weeks. And here's the danger for us or a warning, rather, for us as believers. We get exposed to a lot of incredible things. And whenever you're exposed to something holy and something from God, you have to value it. Dial in with me here. You have to value it every time. Because when you start to treat something just as normal or common that comes from God, here's what happens. Your heart starts to harden. And you miss out on the value. You miss out on what it would actually do for you. You know what? And if you'll bear that in mind, that will keep you so alive and so awake as a believer that you'll never just get humdrum, you know, just that that monotone blah that can happen. You know, we don't want to be religious. We want to be alive in God. And he's alive and his word is alive. So I say all that because we've read the same passage here for the last six weeks. And I don't want you to miss the truths that come out of this because this is incredible. Proverbs 24, verse uh, 3 and 4, reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, through skillful and godly wisdom is a house. Notice in parentheses, a life, a home, a family built. Let me remind you the Hebrew word for built there means to build or to rebuild, it also carries the idea to repair. How many of you, your life, your family, your home, your marriage, your relationships have ever need repaired before? Okay, and so this skillful and godly wisdom. So we want that one, check. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge, shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And we want this, we want this, and we need this. We should rejoice in this and we should be grateful for this, that God would give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, some real deal things that we can learn, we can, uh, we can embrace them, we can apply them in our life, and they'll help us to build, to rebuild, to be established, to be firm, to be stable, and, and to be furnished in every way with God's blessing in our life, our home, and our families. Amen. And thank God for that. We have an enemy and he hates you and hates your beautiful little family, hates your marriage, hates your home, hates everything to do with it because of what that can produce. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed people going on in generations. And he's got to cut that out. So he works very hard to do that. And he's, he's a hard worker. It's about the only good thing I can say about the devil is he's a hard worker. He's very efficient and he's been very effective in this area. But scripture tells us that if we're ignorant of his devices, then he can take advantage of us. So if we're not ignorant of his devices, ta-da, he cannot take advantage of us. We have the upper hand. I said we have the upper hand because we have God and we have truth. And so we're waging incredible warfare this morning. Just by delivering truth to you today. And uh, this is going to help you. So purpose right now, I'm not going to be a hearer only. I'm going to be one who hears and does. And the book of James says that's the one who gets blessed. That's where the help of God, the presence of God is seen. When you not only hear, but when you do. And uh, amen. amen. We must be intentional about this. Intentional. Everybody say Intentional. I mean, there are certain things that we want to see. We want to make sure that this happens. So we have to be very deliberate. We have to be 
intentional, intentional. Speaking of intentional, I heard about a pastor. He got called to a nursing home to do a wedding. And so they said, uh, this gentleman wants you to come perform a wedding. So he rushes, he gets there. And uh, in the lobby, this elderly gentleman pacing back and forth as fast as he can. And uh, he said, are you the preacher? And he goes, I am. And he goes, well, come on, I got to get married. And he goes, well, well, slow down, sir. And he said, um, so how long have you known this lady? I've just met her. And he said, well, do you love her? No. Okay. Or is she a good Christian woman? I don't know. So the pastor, ah, does she have a lot of money? He said, no. He said, why do you want to marry her? Because she can drive at night. That's called intentional. Intentional. Here's something we need to be intentional about. The atmosphere in our homes. I I pray that you're more and more aware and sensitive of the atmosphere in your homes. We need to cultivate, guard, nurture an atmosphere in our homes where people, because that's what we're growing, people can grow and people can heal. And we all need to continue to grow. We need to have that atmosphere. But we also need to be able to, to heal. There are three things that everybody has to feel. Okay, you've got to feel this. You've got to feel love, you've got to feel significance, and you've got to feel security. Let me put it to you another way. You've got to feel wanted, you've got to feel worth, oh, and you've got to feel well. You've got to remember these things. <laughs> so you've got to feel this. Love, significance, security. We've got to be intentional that the people in our home feel that. This cannot be just turn it on and let it go. You don't just say, I do, and they throw rice at you. And then, you know, hey, whatever happens, happens. I mean, even though the relationships take maintenance, they take care. It takes energy. It takes consistency. You don't just have your kids and, you know, everybody congratulates you. You take some pictures and you go, well, there they are. I guess we'll just feed them. You know, you've got to be very intentional about this. And I don't care if it's all new to you or it's ended up a mess here and there. And let me just stop and say that too. Uh, next week, I'm going to try to tie some things together because every week I've had somebody say, I wish I'd known this 20 years ago. I, I wish I'd known this 40 years ago. I wish I'd known this three weeks ago, you know, because all of us have made mistakes. I said, all of us have made mistakes. And so what do we do now? And we are where we are, and it's very important now that what we do from here on, what we do. And the, and the scripture has some wonderful promises for us. And we're going to seal all of this with truth and prayer uh, next week. So you don't want to miss next week as we kind of wrap all of this up. Now, First John chapter 4, verse 19, and we're going to launch off of this. This is in the English Standard Version here, and it says, We love because he first loved us. Read that with me. We love because he first loved us. Now, notice again, it's in ESV, the English Standard Version, which is probably one of the more uh, critical, I, I say that in terms of academic and scholarship, this is probably one of the more accurate translations. Uh, and it says, we love because he first loved us. We're probably more familiar with like the King James and New King James and some of the others that say, we love him. Because he first loved us. How many of you know that's true? 
We love him because he first loved us. You've got to realize that we weren't the ones who woke up one day and said, you know what? I think I'm going to love God. You know, no, we love God because God first loved us. God's the one who brought love to the party. He's the one who infused love and brought it. He is love. He brought love to us. And then because he brought love to us, the natural response is we're going to love him back. But beyond that, uh, and that is fully true and fully supported in that verse. But, but here's where we need to look. It says we love, we love because he first loved us. Uh, the New Living Translation says we love and, and we love others. We're able to love others because he first loved us. Let me explain it to you this way. Hurt people hurt people. So guess what? Loved people love people. And God is love. God is love. It's God is the one who brought love to us. And Romans tells us in Romans 5, 8, it, it, let me read this for you here. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. Say, that's me. In that while we were still sinners at our worst, Christ died for us. So God set love in motion and God did this. Notice, notice this. God demonstrates love. He demonstrates love. That means he shows love. Love shows. Say that with me. Love shows. You notice love. It's, it's noticeable love. Love shows. And God wants us. He, he demonstrated. He modeled this for us. He didn't just say something. He did something. He says things and thank God he does. We have his holy word. But the thing about the integrity of God's word is what he said he also does and supports. But God demonstrates that love and God wants us and in our homes. Listen, we've got to have the love of God in our homes. And that's more than a decoration on the wall. That's more than we tell somebody else about it. This is something we have to be intentional about. To make sure that love shows and it shows in our homes. Love is vital to our marriages, to our families, to our relationships. So what I want to do this morning is um, share with you five things. We're going to do this real quick. I've shared these off and on over the years, probably over 20 years. I've shared these off and on. First read these in a book by a man named Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. And we're going to look at these. And I don't want you to roll your window. But yeah, I already know those. Yeah, right. And you're the biggest smiler in the room too. So, so get, get with me on this. And I want to just share them in a kind of a fresh, applicable way uh, for each of us here. Five expressions of healthy family love between husband and wife, parents and children, uh, brothers and sisters. Um, however, the order and the preference of these could vary concerning you. You know, I know what mine are. I know what my wife's are, my children's are, my, uh, people closest to me. I kind of know the order of, if these languages, do you get that language idea? It's like, you know, that's what they speak best. We're going to look at these five and you can arrange the order however you want, but we're, we're going to go through these number one. And these will be up on the, on the screen for you. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Go ahead and say it with me. Words of affirmation. Words are important. Words are important. 
Words are powerful. I'll remind you again how powerful words are. Most of your wounds are from words. And a lot of times from when you were a little kid, things that people said out of anger, ignorance, carelessness, whatever, words, words hurt. Words also can heal. And not only are your wounds, most of your wounds and issues from words, guess what else? Where you're confident and where you're strong and where you're secure. That usually has a lot to do with words that were were spoken to you, spoken over you. But we need words of affirmation, positive words, accepting words, edifying words, words that build you up. Hey, if there's any place on this planet, y'all here? If there's any place on this planet that somebody's going to cheer you on, it should be home. It should be home. And not flattery. Proverbs 26 tells us that flattery works ruin. The Hebrew means it pushes you down. You don't want some fake something. And you don't need to be given fake something. Oh, you're just wonderful. Um, and the Psalms tells us that uh, it's your enemy that will flatter you. So we want real, genuine words. Love speaks. Love speaks. Love says something. Words of affirmation. Words that encourage. Think of that word. Encourage. Encourage. It puts courage in as opposed to dis. Courage that takes courage out. You want to speak words to the people within reach of you that put courage in them, that bring strength, that bring confidence, that that bring uh, uh, an excitement, a motivation to the people around you. Words of encouragement, words of appreciation. You should be thanking people. You shouldn't be noticing things and commenting on things. Words of appreciation, words of affirmation, words that build people up and not tear people down. And you can do this spoken and you should do it spoken. You know, the joke is tired, but it's worth, worth being told again. You know, the couple goes in after 35 years of marriage for counseling and counselor sits with them and he says, what, what's the problem? The lady says, he never says, I love you. And he clears his voice and he said, I When we got married, I told you I love you, and I'll let you know if that ever changes, you know. (laughs) Well, listen, we can't be that dull. It needs to be said. Love speaks. Everybody say, love speaks. It's not love has spoken. Love speaks. And so it needs to be spoken, but it also can be written. One of my wife's main love languages is words of affirmation. She loves words. She tells our kids sometimes, don't buy me something for Mother's Day, whatever. Write me something. Write me something. And so I'll write her things. I'll buy her things too because we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but um, I'll write her things. And, and I'll do this. And I've gotten in a, a pattern of doing this the last few years uh, in the card. And, you want, and guys, you want to buy a card that is not all the space already taken up with cursive and flowers and stuff. You want to have room so that you... Not just you underline something, exclamation here. <laughs> and then write, the perfect card. I couldn't add anything to it. <laughs> Come on. You want to have some room to write? Take your time to do it, okay? They start advertising holidays a long time before the holiday. You know that, okay? So you can get the card. And I'll start something like this. You are. And then I'll have a whole list of adjectives. You're beautiful. 
You're funny. You're fun. You're intelligent. You're opinionated. You've you got to stick those right in the middle. You, you just kind of... You're forgiving. <laughs> Could I get a ride to lunch? With, uh, but words written or spoken. Here's, here's the whole deal. We've got to edify. Edify. We've got to build up people. We've got to build up people. Words are seeds. We've said this at our house for a long, long time. Build up or hush up. Build up or hush up. Say it with me. Build up. Or hush up. Because look at me for this. Listen, listen, look at me. Tearing down is devil's work. Tearing down is devil's work. And a lot of family humor and a lot of families is at the expense of somebody in the family. Cut it out. Let's not run down our own. Your attitude needs to be not at my house. We don't do devil's work at my house. So we build up or we hush up. So love speaks words of affirmation. Number two, quality time, quality time. Everybody say quality time. This is undivided, dedicated, focused time. Turn the TV off or at least pause it. Put the paper down, close the book, turn off your stinking phone, shut the computer, turn the monitor, do something and look at somebody and talk to them and really truly listen. And interact and ask questions. Let your souls resonate a little bit. Talk of memories. Make plans. You've you've got to have quality time. It doesn't have to so much be quantity time. It doesn't always have to be so much time. But there needs to be some quality time. We have that need. We have this. Here's the principle. Wherever you are, be all there. What do you say to somebody? You're saying something to somebody when they're trying to talk to you and you're doing something else. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because what are we trying to do? We're trying to make people feel loved and significant and secure. And you say less than that when something else is occupying that you can't even look at each other and spend time with each other. Find things to do. Find out what they want to do. Don't interrupt them. Take a walk. Sit on the porch. Sometimes Alicia say, let's just go sit on the porch, get a tea, get a coffee. Let's just go sit on the porch. And you know what that does? It takes you away from everything else. You know, a few weeks ago, my youngest son said, dad, I think I want to play baseball. And he's athlete and basketball season was over for him. And I said, well, buddy, the, all the leagues are already started and this and that. And he goes, no, I want to play baseball. You and me, baseball. <laughs> I said, all right. So, uh, got him a new glove. Cause his other glove was like, you know. He's 14 now, you know, he's just growing in every way. And so baseball it is. And so every day baseball, I know basketball is on TV, but it's baseball season at my house. You know, and yesterday I was studying, going over notes in the afternoon. He comes around the corner. He's got his glove and a ball. I said, give me about three minutes, buddy. And I'll meet you out front. You know, and we don't have to play forever, but we go out and we have a good time and we play together. And, and then the rest of the day, we feel closer. The rest of the day, we just feel there's a bonding. There's something that happens there. And, and I want him, 
I want all my kids later in life. And honestly, I think I've done a good job, but sometimes my heart breaks. Oh, I wish I could have done better. I'm just spending time. Billy Graham was asked last November, age 95, did he have any regrets? He said, I do. And he said, I'm so privileged to have gotten to have done all that I've gotten to do and travel the world and have all these meetings and everything else. And he said, it's a rare spot that God entrusted me with. He said, but my biggest regret is I didn't get to spend more time with my family. He said, I wonder now, could I have been more discerning? Could I have been more selective? Did I have to go to all those places that quick all the time? And he says, I really doubt that I had to. And he said, family time that is gone is gone. And so we've got to use time now. And we've got to make sure. Listen, it's one of the most valuable things because all the rest of the world's out for your time. Everything's trying to get your time. And the fact that you would give quality time to your family and the people you love, that's a huge, huge thing. You'll never see on a tombstone, I wished I'd spent more time at the office. Number three, gifts. Everybody say gifts. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he, he gave. He gave. And he gave the very best that he had. Love gives. Love gives. That's just what love does. Love gives. And so if you've got to buy or find or pick or draw or make. I mean, my kids have brought in flowers off of some kind of weeds. Here, mommy. And we don't know if it's poisonous. God protect us because it's love. It's childlike love, you know. And, and just to bring that in. Um, after service, and you're the only service I get to do this now because of uh, the three service schedule. I go to the door and greet people after service. And people come through and I, I love interacting with the kids. Because the kids come through, I always have something for them, a little a token or a card or stickers. Right now we're, we're doing stickers and next week we're going to be giving out puppies. And no, no, but, and I'll get down with them and and one of them may have new glasses and they're feeling a little self-conscious. I said, those are awesome glasses. I got glasses, you know, and you know, just interact because I want them to know that a pastor is approachable because growing up, like the first church I went to, my pastor dressed like really weird. It's like a scary robe and, (laughs) and he wouldn't look at you and, you know, and, and then later on in life, I had pastors that just wouldn't answer your questions. You know, it's like, could you help me understand this? These are high things. that you. <laughs> and I just want, I want them to know. But the kids come and they're just so loving. They're so precious. And they're, sometimes they've drawn a little something. I'll never forget about a year ago, a little girl came up and she's all dolled up for church. And she comes up, she's probably about four. And she goes, hi, Pastor Tim. And I went, hi, sweetie. You look so pretty. Thank you. I got something for you. And she holds out her hand, opens it up, and she's got Skittles. <laughs> Not in the package Skittles. <laughs> and her hand is like orange and green and blue. <laughs> and she's got like three, four Skittles, and she gives it to me. And I go, well, that is so sweet. <laughs> so I take them. Thank you. Thank you. And she goes, eat them. <laughs> These? Now, now, what was that? 
Love gives. Love gives. In Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives just as Christ, just as, just like Christ also loved the church and gave. Gave what? (laughs) Gave himself. We're to give ourselves. We're to give ourselves. That's one of the highest ways to give. And Romans tells us that he gave freely. Number four, acts of service. Everybody say acts of service. In Mark 9, verse 35, Jesus, and he sat down, called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Desires to be first. Let me just, come on. How many of you want to be, that word first also means great. How many of you want to be great in the kingdom of God? I'm really disappointed in your response. Dude, I want to be an all-star kingdom of God. Yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching basketball right now. And interesting to me is not just the guys on the, on the court, but the guys on the bench. They're like, put me in. And you know what? The guys that are on the team and they're at that place and even, even on the bench, they are ready. I'm promising you they're practicing hard. Coach, count on me. What do you need me to do? You know, and they're just, we just need to have that kind of attitude in the kingdom of God. Listen, I want coach, put me in. I want to do something great for the kingdom of God that needs to be, be in our heart. And Jesus said, if you're going to be great in the kingdom, well, then follow the lead of the king, our master. And he came and he was servant of all. He took up a towel and he bowed and took, the, took on the, the lowliest position and washed their feet. And then ultimately they went and he died a criminal death on a cross. He served us. And we've got to serve. We've got to be that kind of people. That that's what love does. Love serves. Everybody say love serves. Don't just say things and don't just do things. Do things that say things. Do things that say things. Greatness is measured by serving. Do things. Help out. Take requests. I don't think it's ever okay in a home to demand. But take requests. Is there something I can do to help you? Do you need anything? While I'm up, can I get you anything? Can I help you? Okay, now all you guys are going to be mad at me here for a moment. There are no gender exceptions. Well, uh, where I was raised, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't make them more mad. <laughs> where I was raised, man's a man. He sits in his throne and people bring him stuff. Well, that's the old world, okay? It's a different world. And I just don't think that's kingdom style either. And so, gentlemen... You know how to run a vacuum. You know how to do dishes. Hang on, guys, don't get mad at me. You know how to do laundry. And if you don't, you need trained. Like when I was single, all my clothes were gray. Not when I bought them, but later on. You know, so you get, you got to learn that. But I mean, there's, doesn't mean, I, well, I've got a job and this and that. Well, you know, everybody's got a job. 
And I just think it's going to lose something in the home where we help each other. Where we help each other. Can I help you with that? Sometimes we're having company over whatever. And I'll, I'll ask Alicia, can I help you with something? She goes, no, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then, you know, maybe she's making the bed. And I tease her all the time because it's like she's been to bed making school. You know, when I help her and she goes, no, no, you got to do that. And I go, well, I didn't get the opportunity to go to bed making school like you. But there's some things I could, I go, listen, there's a little more high tech, high brain job that needs done that you know how to do. Let me do this stuff, you know, and just to help out in that way. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when my, my father-in-law passed about three years ago and my mother-in-law is, is, um, she's remarried now and they're going to be, she's going to be moving. And so they're going through her house and preparing to sell that. And so it's been an emotional job and a massive job and alicia's the go-to on that and so she's gone doing this and i don't say this for any wrong reason i'm trying to make a point here she she's gone helping her mom she's emotionally drained physically drained everything and so i get up one morning i'm looking around and i'm she's behind on laundry pick up the phone and tell this little little gal what needs to happen here. <laughs> How many of you know I did not pick up the phone? <laughs> and so, you know what? And, and I don't say this any wrong, whatever, but just go do what needs done. And, and here's the thing. Don't ruin it either. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it by, did you notice what I did? The reward is greater if they just, thank you. And let me go back to giving. When you give, don't tell them what all you went through to give them something. You know, I worked hard and I did this and then I got a great deal. Don't tell them you got a great deal. Even if you stole it, don't tell them that you stole it. Because you're trying to add some worth and some value. But don't steal it, okay? All right, I got to finish this up. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. Everybody say, through love. Through love, serve one another. Love serves. Love serves. Serving is not always fun, but serving has great reward. Love serves. And then one last one this morning, physical touch. Physical touch. Everybody say, physical touch. I'm not talking about sexual touch that has a beautiful, godly, proper place in our relationships. And I'm not talking about creepy touch. I mean, you know, sometimes there's creepy. If you're creepy, don't touch me. I just want to say that. Um, but in families, there should be touch. In safe relationships, there should be touch. There should be holding, there should be hugs, there should be hands held, lean on each other, do deals. We do deals in my family. Do y'all do deals? It's like, I'll rub your feet if you rub my temples. <laughs> I mean, do deals. Uh, it's amazing to me, and I've seen this happen before, family getting together for family, family picture. And they don't know how to stand close to each other. We need physical affirmation. It is said that we need 12 hugs a day. 
12 hugs a day. How many of you are behind? Well, you're, you're at church. You can get caught up. But don't be creepy. You need four hugs just for survival. You need eight for maintenance. You need 12 for growth. And when you hug and when, you're, when you do that in the right way, you'll feel safe. Studies show that it releases oxytocin and serotonin, which elevate your moods and your sense of wellness and wholeness. Something happens with that. And you know what? We need touch also. My parents got a lot of things wrong. They got a few things right. I think I got spanked every day just for the principle of it all, (laughs) just in case, you know, and, but after get a spanking, then they'd let you think about it for a while, but there was always some kind of physical affirmation afterwards, some kind of hug, some kind of whatever, you know, pat on the back, some kind of words, some, something like, you know, and you know what we, we need, we're major. It's not good that we're alone. Now put this in the purest sense. Put this in family sense. We just need the touch. You know, and in safe relationships, I watch, I watch little boys, K-5, first grade over, over at the academy, before the world's messed them up on this. Little buddies. I say we get that started for 54-year-old guys too, you know. just But... But sometimes when you've been through something, you know, part of the torture of solitary confinement is you don't have that human interaction. When I was in fourth grade, and I'm going to wrap this up. When I was in fourth grade, my parents were going through an ugly divorce. I was acting out in a lot of ways. The biggest, most important thing that was going on in my life at that time, I was on safety patrol. I had a badge, folks. I had the orange reflective little deal and I was captain at a whistle. And I came in off duty into my classroom one morning and my teacher said, Timmy, come here. And I went up by her desk. I've been there before. And she says, look at me. And she's sitting and I'm standing And she says, your behavior has to change. And it has to change today. And if it doesn't change, I can still smell her coffee breath. (laughs) If it doesn't change, I'm pulling you off a safety patrol. (laughs) The blood shut off to my brain. Now go to your seat and do your work. So we get the class started, pledged the flag. Back then they even prayed. Yeah, that was America. I, I grew up in America. And, and uh, we used to pray. And pledged the flag. And then she said, class, do this. Be quiet. Do your seat work. And then she did what all teachers do while you're doing work. Wandered up and down the aisles. Make sure the boys are not cheating off of smart girls. I can't concentrate. I just cannot concentrate. Everything at home and now you're going to take away safety patrol. And I just can't concentrate. And all of a sudden she walked up behind me. Behind me, I could hear her coming, feel her coming. And she put her hand on my shoulder and on the back of my neck. And she just kind of rubbed for a minute and patted. 
and gave me a little squeeze. And I knew it was okay. And blood went back to my brain. (laughs) I did my work and I did not get taken off of safety patrol. (laughs) But it was just the physical affirmation. Folks, we need it. Not creepy. And not everything sexual. There's a purity. There's something that is necessary in our homes and among us. There's languages that we respond to. We just talked about five of them that will help us to get love into our homes. Because listen, it is your job, it is my job that everybody in our home, whether or not we've done it before, we need to make an effort to be intentional to do it now so that everyone feels love, they feel significance, they feel security. That creates that kind of atmosphere where people grow and thrive and can even heal. And here's the other thing it does. It glorifies God, which I love. And here's the other thing it does that I love. It frustrates and defeats the enemy of our homes and of our families. Amen. Would you stand? I want to pray for you. I want you to think about your family, your situation. And I just want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, you are love. You know every one of us. You know the situation of our life. You know where we're at. You know the mistakes we've made. You know the injustice that has come our way. You know the carelessness. You know all all the things that make life what it is right now. And we're just asking you, holy God, you're the right now God, speaking, moving, acting right now to move on our behalf, to help every one of us more than ever before in our life to be intentional about making sure that the people within our reach, especially within our home, within our family, that they feel love, that they feel significance, that they feel security. Holy Spirit of God, help us and remind us. And even if this is new ground, love can cause a desert to bloom. Like a river in a desert to bring a new day to any kind of terrain. God, do that. Work that in our homes. That you would be glorified. That people could thrive and grow and heal. And that the enemy of our souls, the enemies of our home would be utterly, soundly frustrated and defeated and nothing he can do about it because the love of God prevails now and forever. May it be so. And help us to do our part, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?